was so my, my blueprint didn't match my reality what i wanted my life to look like didn't match my reality and i was using alcohol for me it was alcohol to to fill that void and to and to kind of make me feel better i get to fo- uh, forget about it i get to zone out this, you know i will be able to have the range rover sport i will have the big fancy house or the mobile and that will make me happy logically i was thinking you know my wife's biggest problem is me my business's biggest problem is me take me out of this situation actually everyone else's life becomes easier it actually gets better it's about bringing back control um genuinely what i said earlier about this once an alcoholic always an alcoholic um is 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 nonsense we you know we work with clients every single day this episode is sponsored by trade choice carpet and flooring Trade Choice are one of the largest independent distributors of floor coverings and products. They specialize in carpet tiles, carpets, vinyls, LVTs, screens, tools, everything you would need to run a flooring business. With 13 branches, including the Newcastle one that I visited from Glasgow all the way down to Southampton. They've got 24 hour access ordering via their website. So if you want to set up an account, or find your nearest branch, visit tradechoice.com. Now sit back, enjoy the show, and we look forward to seeing you here again soon. Welcome to the UK Flooring Podcast. First question, Matt. Who is Matt Brindley? I'm Matt Brindley, first of all, and 39 years old, uh, I live in Coventry in the Midlands. I'm currently a, a coach. I work with uh, people that are trying to get a handle on their drinking history uh, in terms of kind of work and tie it into the you know the kind of flooring industry and the trade. Currently in the throes of moving away from um, what would we call it furniture business uh, that's for sale. We've um, we're just pushing pushing the sale of that through. That's been running since 2019. That was kind of my first self-employment, if you like. Uh, Prior to that, I was uh, working, uh, I guess the best way of saying would be a glorified handyman. Uh, So it could be, you know, I could be repairing a, pointing up a a chimney stack on a roof one day to the next day. I could be fitting a new toilet suite in a factory to plastering a ceiling to doing electrics. Sorry? Laying some flooring. To laying flooring, to yeah, literally anything and everything. I was just, um, I was one of these that I wanted to get my hands involved in any everything and everything, anything and everything. When we first got our our house, yeah, you know, when you first move in, money's tight. You you kind of take on them things yourselves, and yeah, it just grew and grew and grew from there, and uh, ended up doing that for a little while. And then, kind of prior to that, I was an insurance. Um, Insurance broker. So I used to go out and visit uh, client sites, uh, risk assessments, um, all all of that kind of stuff. Um, office work. So uh, yeah, that's that's kind of me in a nutshell. Uh, I guess the the kind of elephant in the room is, uh, and the reason I'm on this is I had a, quite a, a serious problem with alcohol. Yeah. Uh, I would say probably just shy of twenty years, and I've, I've struggled with it. I've known it's been a problem. Uh, that that started from even when we were drinking in the pub, just as friends, you know, 18, 17, 18, always a heavy drinker, always the ones, 
you know, I was down in drinks, last one at the bar, first one at the bar, two pints at last orders, you know, that kind of guy. And it kind of I- developed and got worse to a point where, you know, I, I kind of needed to get help and, and, uh, and, and get it sorted really before it, it hurt me in, in more ways than just health. No, I love that. I think that's one of the key things for me uh, is, again, we're not going to be stereotypical over coaches or mentors or anything that can help others in any capacity. But if you've not been through the war yourself, it's very difficult, in my opinion, well, not for some of others, but, you know, I think it gives you some stature to, to be able to help people because then Absolutely. you you you've been through there, you felt what they're feeling, and it's the same with business. So there's no point you helping people with alcohol if you don't know how they feel. I mean, I couldn't do it because, you know, and, you know, and we've spoke, we've been mates for years, um, and I wouldn't say, I've said it on the podcast before, I had a, I would even say a normal relationship with alcohol, but there was a dependency on, on an evening, like 10 years ago, that it was the done thing to have a drink. You know, I'd just go in the fridge and have a drink. If I went to a wedding, I would have to have a drink. It was non-negotiable, but that was it. I could stop drinking without any issue. Um, I wasn't a big drinker. Um, I wasn't the best drinker. You know, I'd end up on the floor after, you know, whatever. But to me, that was normal. So explain a little bit, Matt, the, the, the horrible side of it. At what point did you pass that that sort of, I wouldn't say that level, but that's my knowledge of drinking. Um, and I still enjoy a drink now. But when did you realise, shit, this is like, this isn't normal? So what, what, just pick up on what you just said there about the coaching and, and having a different coach, certainly one that's been through it. Like, it's certainly, you know, it must be the, the, the same in your field as well. You know, there's, there's people who can say that they can help and they can guide you and it's all about, you know, X, Y, and Z and they can put it in bright lights. But actually going through it yourself, knowing the experience, um, one of the things that that's, you know, I can really relate to is, with the people I coach is it's just them internal conversations. Like people don't say these things out loud, but I've thought them thoughts, they've thought them thoughts, and there's that common ground. And once you, you know, once they know that I know what they're talking about, and you can be in that, exactly that situation, you've got that relationship to help and, and, and build someone through it. So I think having someone that is war hardened, that somebody's actually walked that war, been through it, um, I would liken it to someone who's doing a five-day plastering course. You know, they've gone on a five-day plastering course and they call themselves a plasterer, but you leave them in a house, you know, the next week, there's no way that house is getting plastered. You know, they've they've just not got the experience and, and the real-life knowledge, you know, like like you, you know, with, with helping people with the, your coaching and, um, you know, in the, in the flooring industry, you, you wouldn't – it's very difficult to step outside of that and have that same common ground and relationship with people. Um, so I think that's really important. I just wanted to touch on that. Um, when did I, uh, for me, it's so difficult because, you know, the human brain's designed to protect us. And, you know, there's definitely key points in, in my life where I've gone, God, that was a bad period. And then I can think five years before and go, Oh God, yeah, I forgot about that. And it's, you know, you kind of, you've got this kind of uh, anesthetic in our 
systems that that tries to hide stuff. But I how think much, I kind of yeah. how how you know for the for the listeners how how what was the dark moment? How bad did it actually get? Rather than you realising it got bad, you know, so people uh, get an, an idea of that. Yeah. So, well, uh, I think the the easiest one I could definitely go to is um, back in 2018, February 2018. I tried to commit suicide, but that episode in my life started a lot earlier than that. You know, the drinking had uh, got worse to a point. I was I was trying to protect my wife and protect me. Um, and my relationship with drinking. So I was kind of like not being truthful. I would have extra drinks when, you know, she thought I was drinking a certain amount, I would have an extra drink or, you know, something like that. Um, I would I would hide drink from her as well. And um, I actually got uh, arrested for drink driving. I had an accident and, it, yeah, kind of the, the beginning of that episode, I got arrested for drink driving. I came out of um, the, the police station the next day I came home, my bags were packed and uh, I, I had to go and live with my, my my sister for a while. And that was me trying to, trying to, what's the right way of saying this? I'm, I'm quite a logical person and I'd, I had been drinking that day and logically I was thinking, you know, my wife's biggest problem is me. My business's biggest problem is me. My children's biggest problem is me. My wife, uh, sorry, my, my mom's worries are me. My dad's worried about me. So if you take me out of this situation, actually everyone else's life becomes easier. It, it actually gets better. And that, you know, that, that was the logic in my head at that time. As I say, you know, alcohol was involved and it's not logical really, but that's how... That that that's how it came across to me that I could solve other people's problems, uh, and I am quite a, quite a problem-solving person. Um, and so, yeah, that that's that's kind of the dark. That that's as as dark as it got for me. Um, for me, I guess. But it was it, there's a darkness that you kind of put on other people with that. You know, the stress that my wife was going through, the worry that she was going through. Um, I would go missing for days. You know, we had police in the kids' bedrooms, waking them up, checking under their duvets, checking under their beds, checking the loft, you know, for me. It was just, it's crazy how far this stuff, you know, it can go from what you think is just, and, and don't get me wrong, mate, I, you know, I think, I, I do think I'm an extreme. I'm, I'm uh, you know, what do you call it? You know, the addictive personality anyway, you know, if, I, if I'm if i if I'm in on something, I'm all in on something. And, uh you know, maybe that was a you know to my detriment with drinking, if that makes sense. And that that's kind of actually how we met. We we had the same sort of performance life coach, um, just to do better for our family, um, and it's, and that's what's kind of what connected us. And obviously, you were on that a different journey, um, but that's you know it's um, it's really interesting that you say that. So it's. If we fast forward to try and bring a bit of a positive swing, what now? How how does it look now with your relationship with, well, even the kids, the wife, your wife, your sister? What differences now has it made? Um, so I tried to get a handle on my drinking for years. I'd gone to smart meetings. I'd you know, um, 
gone to AA, uh, hypnotherapies, CBTs. Um, I'd done a camprosate, which is like an anti anti craving medication. So I'd I'd, I'd gone through the mill with it. I, you know, re- realistically, twenty years ago, I knew I, had, I knew I had a problem. Ten, sorry, fifteen years ago, I probably admitted that problem to myself and thought, you know, I really need to start getting a handle on this. Ten years ago, I spoke to my wife about it. Five years ago, I told friends about it. You know, it was kind of like stages of God, I, I, and I'm, I'm not getting where I need to with this. And you know, who who else can I get help from and support from, if you like? So it's been a you know a call, a, a stress for family for a long time. Now, um, I actually found a a, a method um, that has got my drinking completely under control without having to stop drinking. And this kind of premise of uh, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And that, you know, in order to get a handle on your drinking, you must stop that. Like those days are, are, are gone. Um, as not, not even as far as I'm concerned, it's, you know, it, the company that I'm, uh, I'm I'm building at the moment and the coaching business that I'm building at the moment is is on the tip of the spear of bringing this kind of revolutionary method into the UK. So, and the reason I mentioned that and why it's kind of impacted is because this is now my life. You know, I've turned I've turned that kind of terrible situation around. Uh, the the coach that we were working with, um, you know, I don't know whether you mentioned uh, uh, it on this podcast. But the all the tools that I picked up from doing that, even though they didn't give me the fix straight away, they definitely put me on the right track. They be- definitely benefited my life, and they've kind of like guided me and sort of nudged me one way or another to a point where I was, you know, I've actually come across um, what I'm doing now, and now I get to help people. So it's not it's not just me. Um, it's almost like I found my purpose in life, like. My 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 wife and me are, have almost got. We've got the best relationship we've ever had. It's almost like we've remet. Um, she's dealt with this guy whose w- drinking has got worse for years and years and years, and now his drinking's under control. And it's kind of like the old Matt is back, you know. Um, you, you sold your business as well. You sold your joinery and furniture business. Yeah. Selling, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's literally on the. Yeah, you know, is is about to go through. Um, so I'm much happier. Like I'm literally the. I feel like I'm the guy I was always meant to be. And um, yeah, these tools that we've kind of gathered along the way um, have really kind of shaped me um, into who I am. So yeah, like my relationship with the kids is is just on point. Like this new business is it's moved way faster than I thought it, it could have. Um, like selling a business is a huge decision in life, but I was able to make it so quickly because it was, it's very natural for me to think, right, well, I know my path now. I know what I want to do. Um, and even though I, you know, I still drink, I still enjoy a drink. I just choose not to drink a lot more than I choose to drink and having that kind of clear path and, um, clear thinking and not waking up every day, you know, kind of slightly under the weather and, whatever is it's given me that clarity of mind to think you know what what do i want for myself here what what's what's the plan with family what's the plan in life what's and right so that's what it looks like in 10 years well let's put a plan together and get after it this week how does that look what do i need to do to make that plan happen in 10 years what do i need to do this week to get back to 
start going. Well, uh, that that's the purpose I, I brought you on the podcast because it's a flying podcast, but the whole point of this podcast is to get the most out of your flying business and the most out of yourself, uh, to be profitable, more structured, You know, just have a better time in the flying industries. People like say, well, I've got a drink for my end, got this end of that. But what I struggle to describe to other people, which I, I think you'll be able to, because you've done so much work on this as well, is people have this relationship with drink, with drugs, with their phone, um, with other things that are sort of masking the problem. So it doesn't actually have to be drink. It could be your phone. It could be sticking something up for your nose, or it could be a smoke in a joint. It doesn't actually matter what that, that thing is. But you get into this mindset where you have to do X to feel better. Again, this can be about drink, but it doesn't have to be. But I think you're well positioned to talk about it is what changes have you seen in your clients, your friends, people that have been in the group we've been in that that, that want to do better, but that have some experience in using something to feel better um, that maybe could be not the, the right way? A different way of doing it. What, what's your take on that, Matt? So I think if you if you look at the bigger picture, and it's we talk about consumption. What do we, what do we consume? So yeah, alcohol. We all know that's probably not the right thing to be be doing at excess. We probably know that sniffs not the right thing to be doing. We probably know that smoking a joint is probably not going to get us what we want out of life. So. There's then things that are very obvious, but consumption actually starts from something very simple. Like what what are you what are you looking at? What, what what are you listening to? If you're listening to the news and it's all negative and you've got that coming in, well, that what you put in is going to come out. So if you're if you're scrolling through other people's highlight reels and and your what you feel about where your life should be is not, and then you're looking at other people's lives and theirs is like looks picture perfect, which you know so often does on on you know, social media, it just makes you feel worse. And I think certainly for me, you know, the drinking was to 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 kind of fill up fill up fill of order and make me feel better. My life wasn't how I imagined my life was so my my blueprint didn't match my reality. What I wanted my life to look like didn't match my reality. And I was using alcohol for me it was alcohol. To, to fill that void and to, and to kind of make me feel better. I get to fo- uh, forget about it. I get to zone out. But actually when you, and, 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 you know, clients will tell you this, even though it's an alcohol reduction program, it actually very quickly doesn't become anything to do with alcohol. It starts at the very basics, like start looking after yourself, um, journaling, getting your thoughts down on paper, um, fitness, you know, it's it's all these little things that add up. Like we don't do, I think a lot of people think, oh, it will be better when this happens or it will be better when that happens. They wait They wait for an event to come along and happen and then they go, right, well, now that's happened. It will be, and actually it just can, it just, life goes back to exactly how it was and it goes back to normal. And the way that you, you, you kind of get a good life and a great life going together is actually by the small things that you do every single day. And it's them little habits that you you do and, and and combine them, lift yourself, because it's the the way you think and the way you feel is your life. There's no you can't get simpler than that. So if you wake up and have a good routine in the morning where you actually 
build yourself back up and you feel good about yourself, well, actually your day is going to go better straight away. And actually two months down the line, your life is better because of just the little tiny things that you're doing as part of a routine. And when you do it as a routine, it becomes, you know, a ritual, it becomes a habit and it just becomes second nature. You get, um, I think you forget how good feeling good feels and actually how bloody easy it is to, to feel good as well. Uh, I think that's a really good point. And my, my um, brain power stroke memory is terrible. Um, and I forget how I, like, let's say, used to feel. And some of the points you brought up there, bananas, because I had this mindset that if I work 60 or 80 hours a week, I will, it will be like this. You know, I will be able to have the Range Rover Sport. I will have the big fancy house or the mobile, and that will make me happy. And what I was actually doing was just making it where I was fueling that. I'm not even going to call it productivity because it wasn't that, that sort of where I wanted to be with food and a little bit of booze. Um, you know, I ballooned in weight. I was really fucking unhappy. Um, and it was just not, you know, and it was, it was that slight two, three, four hours of escapism. And then you get back on the hamster wheel and then you're trying to do another 60, 80 hours. Yeah, and it's like there's got to be a different way. But when you're in that that mindset, that zone, it doesn't feel like a way out. Um, you you, you totally, yeah, absolutely. You totally normalise it because yeah. because that's if you like with me. I used to wake up every day with a hangover, but I, I'd function. I was a high functioning alcoholic. You know, I'd been relatively successful in whatever I did. But you wake up with a bit of a hangover, you wake up in a bit of a mood. You know, and you do that every single day. Well, that becomes your reality. That that just becomes your normality. That that becomes normal. There's no other way of saying it because you're doing it all the time. Whereas actually, when you remove them things out of your life and you just do things from a a better or the way I I think we all should do it. And you know, when we're we younger, we we choose that short term excitement and, and gain, like having a drink or whatever over the long-term investment of actually how we're going to feel the next day and, you know, whatever else. Um, no one wants to go for a run in the rain. You know, it's like, it's just not. Like, no. It's like no one wants to go and really lift some heavy weights. Like, uh, you know, because it's it, it, it's uncomfortable in one way. It's not It's not like, I don't know, sitting having a beer in, in, in my beer, like with the lads. You know, it's, it's, it's graft. Um, but the, the 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 outcomes from it and the results from it could be different. So it's it's exactly that. Um, so for people that, and I'm a big advocate of this, and how, let's say, again, it's not all about giving up. And I've gave up for a year just as a challenge, um, currently doing three months because I want to, but I'll have a beer at Christmas without any shadow of a doubt. And that we've got a party at um, a, a client party on the 29th, I'll definitely have a beer there. But that's my choice and we can be control of that. But for people with a flooring business that are on the brink of not getting a handle of it or that think it is a necessity part of life, where would you say would be a good place to start? It, you know, just to try and rein that back or be completely convinced they have a handle at whatever stage they are? Um, so what we do is it's all about control. So exactly what you said there. Um, like I, I only drink in environments where 
you know, the last time I had a drink was a, a barbecue and probably the time before that was away on holiday. So for me now, I'm just choosing to drink in certain environments that I, I feel that would benefit with being part of what everyone else is doing. And I'm happy doing that. And it's all about control and, and choice, like you said. So I think with a lot of people, especially, you know, people in uh, stressful position, you know, uh, that hold stressful positions like um, company directors. Let, let, I'll tell you what, let me pull it back to kind of where I came from. So I worked in a job that I, I really hated for years. I was in insurance and um, I used to drink just to kind of forget about it and and, and just wash my mind of it. Uh, that's a, that was normally a, a, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. That then moved into a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Then it was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it just became just a, a routine of doing it. When I moved away from the job, I still continued that drinking. So whilst it began with me trying to forget this thing and relieve the pressure and forget and disengage and give myself a rest, um, especially when you, you know, as I know now, you know, being a, being a director, you, you never really switch off. You know, you're always on the go. There's always a, a new concept. There's new, and always a new idea. And sometimes drink is a great way to go. Do you know what? I need to chill out. I need to switch these thoughts off and have a drink. So you might start for one reason, but actually you, you can still continue drinking when actually you know that Probably I need to focus on that thing, that big important thing that's going on next week. Could probably do without this drinking, and the reason that you you know you continue to drinking is because it's because of habit. Um, obviously, doing I'll pull you just down into the science of it. So the reason when we talk about alcohol addiction, we're not actually addicted to alcohol. We're just addicted to the way it makes us feel, and this is kind of the spearhead of this kind of new program that that. Um, we're, we're at the forefront of this kind of revolution, if you like. And it's that level of understanding. It's not alcohol that's the problem. It's the way that it makes us feel. Yeah. And what we we do as part of our coaching program, um, there is a medication involved that lowers the endorphin reward associated to alcohol and it normalizes it. And what that then does is bring control back in. But if you've still got the habit and the trigger of, of drinking and that's what you do, you grab wine on the way home you always drink on a friday night that you know that that kind of habit and trigger we we kind of focus in on breaking that and then bringing it down and down to a level of control where you go you know what yeah i'd love a drink but this is much more important and then you know that's where control really comes comes back in um i hope that kind of answers the no i think that's like anything in business where we've done like challenge events and things like that. And it's always actually realigning yourself with what that thing is that you're pushing for. So goals, aspiration, whatever. You know, if you if you're trying to reduce your weight, getting a double dominoes on a Friday is probably not gonna help that's not gonna ruin it. But you know, doing it on a Friday, Saturday and a Sunday, you know, every week, because that's what you do. It's not gonna help if if you want to start, you know, um yeah, if you want your business to be more profitable and you're continually undercharging, well, you're going to get the same results. So it's it's the similar, you know, with the, with the alcohol. Um, I mean, all the time, Matt, I'm going to go into some of our conventional questions just to get to get your take on stuff. What what's the best bit of advice 
you've ever received in, in, in any capacity? If you had one thing to pass to your kids. Um, look after yourself first. Because if, if you're not taken care of and you're constantly giving, 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 whether that's in business, whether that's, you know, with me and my wife, whether that's with the kids, whether that's, if, if I'm not looked after, then I can't be the best version of myself in that capacity. So because I look after myself, it's like that, it's, what's the analogy? You know, when the plane's coming down, they tell you to put your own mask on first because by putting your own mask on first, you can then help other people. And it's exactly the same in, in, in life, you know, because I look after myself, because I take care of my mindset, I take after, I take, I look after my health. I now show up as the best version of a husband I can be. I now show up as the best version of a dad I can be. I'm actually the best version of a business owner I can be. So yeah, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think it's really important that you, you know, you fill yourself up before you give to somebody else. Now, while you're trying to build that and get into that, it can feel really selfish. I used to think, God, you know, I, I can't believe I'm doing this. So much stuff to be getting on with and doing. The thing is, you're just so much more efficient in, in all areas of your life when you look after yourself first. So, you know, all them jobs that you've got to do, put put time into you first. But when I say first, even first thing in the morning, like take that time for you. Once once you're running, um, once you're running at full capacity, you can actually box off so much more than if you're running at you know, because you've been you've been rushed to do this, you've been rushed to do that. Your head is over there somewhere. You, you haven't written down your thoughts. Uh, you haven't you haven't um, created a little schedule for you because you haven't done any of that. Your head your head's here, there, and every and actually you don't do anything efficiently anyway. You, yeah. you you're running backwards. So yeah, put your yeah. own put your own oxygen mask on first, I guess. What <laughs> that? And what what's the worst bit of advice you've ever received? Oh wow. Um, questions are coming now. Knowing what I know now, um, you know, I, I'll have to pull this back to the, you know, not a generalization thing. I, I, I do think whatever somebody says, you know, unless they're actually out to trip you up, even bad advice, there's, there's probably something in it where you can go, do you know what? I don't, it doesn't relate with me, but I get why. And you can turn things around to relate to yourself anyway. Um, for me, the kind of bad advice that actually exists in the world um, is is all about what we think about alcohol and how we deal with somebody who has an addiction. Um, the way of um, the current ways of of the, they're being dealt with, i.e., abstinence based methods, are actually the highest failing rates uh, of any like so. Let's talk about, you know, um, an abstinence-based method. People who hold their hands up and say, Do you know what, I've, I've got an alcohol problem, I need help with this. Whatever service you go to in the UK, well, worldwide really, in any capacity apart from, you know, what we're, what we're doing is abstinence. It's it's to stop drinking. And actually, um, when you look at the rates of success through doing that, it's, an, it's a 10% success rate. It's a 90% failure rate because... Once you're addicted, once you're addicted, um, you actually go into withdrawal. And while you're in withdrawal, you've removed the alcohol from your system. That leads to deprivation and craving. 
craving re- is the number one reason for relapse. And then you're back on that treadmill. And not only that, that leads into, well, why can't I do what I said I was going to do? Like you, you then start to question your own self worth, your own self-confidence. Like I said, I wasn't going to drink this week. Why am I drinking a beer on a Friday night? I said, I wasn't going to do this and I can't help myself. And um, yeah, actually the way that, that kind of whole abstinence-based method has come from the, the 12 steps of AA, which was designed in 1935. I genuinely don't, I, I don't think I can think of anything that was the same in 1935 as it is today. Yeah. You know, in terms of technology and any, ju- just anything, I don't. I, I, I'm struggling to think why we we aren't advancing this forward um, quicker. Which is, which is what I've. You know, someone needs to do it, and and I'm going to be the 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 guy to do that. So, um, yeah, sorry to make it about alcohol, but um... <laughs> no, it's it's completely relevant. And I think I've just done a 72 hour fast. Um, and I mean, my relationship with food hasn't been the greatest over the years. You know, I've bloomed to 21 stone. I sit around 16 and a half. So, you know, I'm not an Olymp- uh, 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 Olympic athlete and I may never be. But I had to, and I've done so much work of mindset, control, performance. But I had to catch myself. I mean, yeah, the, the 72, hour, 72 hour fast was water, electrolytes, and black coffee, that was it. Nothing else, you allow a pass. And there's loads of different health benefits. Yes, to, there's some people think that's just mental, that's a bit stupid. But I did it for about 10 different reasons, um, which probably don't really need to go into. But um, but I did it for myself. I decided I wanted to do it. I did it. last three hours, absolutely horrific. Um, probably because my life was super low, but that's another story. But I had to catch myself thinking, you know, hang on, like, you're just here to have this dinner here. I don't need to now go in the cupboard. I don't need to now go and get another pizza out. But exactly yeah. as you said, like when you said that, it kind of triggered a little bit inside of me where, you know, I, I went out for my mother-in-law's 60th birthday and we had turkey dinner, etc. I could have quite gone home and had another another dinner because my head, like, new realistic, uh, the, whatever the word is, um was basically telling me you need to eat more. You know, you need. And I did. I didn't. But it took a lot of like remembering why I did it, remembering what I've learned over the years to not just go straight back. And it's got to be the same science behind drink, drugs, phones. You know, you just kind of like, and you've got. To, it was quite hard just to remind myself, just like why did you do it, like. Um, yeah, it's that short. It's that short-term, you know, hit of endorphins, isn't it? You know, we, we like we said earlier, it's forgetting about the bigger picture and like, what do I need right now? What you know, what what's going to make me feel better, good in this moment? Like, we will quickly turn to alcohol, uh, coke, weed, porn. It's just that we kind of need to switch. Or food, food's a great one. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people that that go to food as a as a quick fix. It's almost like looking at the bigger picture and it's difficult to do that there and then in the moment. Um, but when you have a a process of, of doing things and, you know, again, just let's just boil it back down again. How can we make that relevant in what we do every day? Well, you put your attention on your intentions, right? So let's say, you know, you're talking about weight. Well, if, I've, if, if first thing in the morning, I'm looking at 
right, I've just weighed in. I've dropped a pound overnight. I've dropped a pound since yesterday in order for me to be on target. I need to hit my calories of X today. So because you've looked at that first thing in the morning, you, you know, it, it's just that little reminder. Imagine if you just don't do that and you get to the end of the week, you haven't checked in with yourself, you haven't stepped on the scales and you, you know, like, oh, well, what happened? Well, <laughs> you know what's happening. You know what's happened, yeah. You you, you took your eyes off the ball, and just yeah. taking that little bit of, you know, it, it does it does take work. You know, we we call it the work, um, you know, kind of in the you know in the industry, but it's it's much more beneficial in just every single area um, of just dialing in on what we're trying to get after this week. Um, so with yeah. that in mind, how, how do you? Um, set your morning up from the minute you get up to the minute you hit your desk, what's your morning routine look like now? Because I know you've done many different things, but what does it look like right now? So right now, um, it, 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 this is a little bit crazy, but I've got an ice bath just, I don't know whether you can just see it there. That's oh, yeah. uh, my ice bath there. So I'm, no, that- I'm in there. Um, as soon as I wake up in the morning, within five minutes, I've got this kind of, steadfast rule that within five minutes of getting out of bed, I've got to be in there. Um, and I'll do... Say again, mate? Absolutely savage. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's not. I need uh, to leak the coffee before I get it back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is extreme again, but you know, we, we, we kind of play to our personalities, I guess. Um, the, the idea behind that is, and I never hit the snooze, um, so it's always I'm up and I'm out of bed. I'm, I'm normally before the alarm anyway, but I've got to be on the alarm. And just the idea behind that is there's all you know. There's this conscious and subconscious mind. The conscious mind is the one that is saying, right, well I shouldn't be in that food cupboard. I've got to lose weight this week. This is the right things to do. This is how I'm going to do. And the subconscious one is the one is like, oh, do you know what? I'm a bit hungry now. Yeah, you know, we 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 didn't we didn't have a pizza yesterday, so it'd be all right to have some crisps today. And this, the the subconscious one is the one that's turning that uh, that hitting that snooze button. And we we've all got this. We've all got this internal conflict. People call it the devil on our shoulder, um, the chimp. You know, we we call it lot lots of different things. <clears throat> but the idea behind that is, I am in control. The conscious mind, me. I'm not hitting snooze. I'm getting up. I'm doing what I said. I'm getting in that water. I, I never enjoy getting in there ever, but when I come out, it's the best thing I've ever done. You know, I feel electric. My endorphins are absolutely through the roof. Um, I'll then sit and have a coffee while I journal. Um, and the journaling is really, we, we have these like key three, which is um, like an attack list. And I try and get those three things done priority over everything else before I even start the day. Um, and then just depending on what day it is, excuse me, I'll either go to the gym or, uh, you know, I'll get out for some fresh air. But yeah, I think most of it is in the is in the journal. It's kind of setting the intentions out. What do I want my day to look like? How do I want to feel? Who can I reach out to? Who can I send a message to, to, you know, let them know I appreciate them? Because all the, like them, them, even I'd love to just go through each one of them and just explain the science behind it, but, by, like we do it with each other. I'll send you a message and just say, have a great day, mate. Like, and you know what? You receiving that makes you feel good and me sending it makes me feel good. Like, it's a nice thing to do. Why don't we, you know, why don't we do more? 
things like that for other people, you know? Um, and yeah, you know, just putting my intention, uh, attention on my intentions is, is, is a massive part of it. I think that's, we, we can easily get lost in the cycle of things to do. The universe will put things in our path for us to do. And normally that's drama. It's dealing with problems and situations where I know in my head what I want the end of my quarter to look like and what I've achieved. What does that look like this week? What does that look like today? And because I'm kind of following a path, I've got no room to let drama drop in. And obviously, don't get me wrong, things are going to come in. You do have to do things, but actually I'm choosing what I've got to deal with rather than letting the world attack me and go putting things on my plate for me to look at. If I've if if I've got my time can fill filled up with um productive things, there's no room for problems, if that makes sense. Um but don't get me wrong, they, they do come in. It's not, you know, you're not um you don't just get away without problems. You just choose your problems. I think that's the thing. Not all rainbows and uh, unicorns. <laughs> um so no. three people you would love to have a pint with. It can be a pint of orange or it can be a pint of beer. It's your choice. Oh, three people, dead or alive, by the way. Dead or alive, wow. I think the first one would be um, a chap called Dr. Sinclair. He He's the guy who kind of founded the science and um, and everything behind this this coaching that I'm, I'm doing now, uh, just to really pick his brains, understand it. Um, I don't think I'd be able to stop talking. I don't think it would last one pint either. Second, wow, this is a really hard question. There's so many people that, mate, this is like one of the hardest questions I've ever been asked. They're not going to get easier. Oh, really? Oh, great. Um, (laughs) Danny, my wife, just to sit down, no kids, no nothing, no distractions, just go out and sit down, just the two of us, because... Life gets in the way, I think, quite easily. So to yeah. know that we could have a drink and just it, uh, it be the two of us, I think that would be a good shout. You're going to have to come back to me on the final one. Um, no problem at all. Uh, well, as in uh, our podcast um, tradition, they don't get any easier. So uh, the final question before you, you tell people where they can find you is, Matt, what's holding you back currently? What's holding me back currently is, what an amazing question. Because I can do something doesn't mean I should. And what I mean by that is I try to to do everything. I, I try and so, you know, like we've just launched the website. Um, I I was responsible for building probably 85, 90% of that. And now that it's done, I'm still continuing down the line of building funnels and linking that to like a mini course, for example. Then I'm, you know, I'm working on the email follow up on that, um, and 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 so on and so. And it's like, actually, what what what's more important here? The the, the important thing is getting people to to know what we do. Like you can have the best product in the world, you can have the best service in the world, but if nobody knows about it, then what's the point? You know, you keeping it to yourself. And for me, getting out there into the, into the world and, and telling people about what we do, how we do it, what makes us different, our success rates, what your life will look, you know, all, all of these things is, is really what I should be focused on. But because 
I know I can do the stuff on the website. And it's like, oh, you know, I, I can get that over there. I can just quickly get that done. But really paying somebody to do what is their skill set is the fastest way to to move on and, and, and get things moving in, in the right direction. So, yeah, just, just because I can do something doesn't mean I should. And um, it, it's hard to break out of that because that's, that, that's always what I've been, been what I've that's always been what I've, I've been like, you know, I, I like knowing how things work. Um, you know, I say I'm quite logical. I, I want to know why things work, how it works, pull it apart, put it back together. And it's great, admirable, you know, brilliant that you do that, but actually that's, that's holding you back. Um, and we haven't got very long on this earth, have we? So funny um, enough, one of the only things you let someone else do was fit your beautiful tumbled oak flooring. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else in uh, in your house was still be your fair house, near enough, wasn't it? it really, apart from an RSJ, um, yeah. <laughs> apart from that, honestly, absolutely everything. Um, the thing is, you, you can enjoy something as well. So you, you, you get lost in the enjoyment of doing something. But that's why it's quite important. Again, just going back to the the kind of morning routine, like what's important? Yeah, it, it, it's good to get enjoyment out of something. But if that's actually holding you back on that bigger picture, then what's a better way of doing it? Um, like for me now, like handing that stuff over to somebody else, like, you know, ads, for example, handing the Facebook ads over to somebody, handing, you know, the funnel building over to someone because I've got that knowledge, it's not like I'm just passing it over to someone and go, you get on with that. And whether it goes well or don't, you know, I'm, I'm washing my hands a bit. I know what should be happening. I know how it should look. I know what it should look like. And having that level of knowledge, you know, it, it, that is going to progress me forward, but physically implementing it is not, you know, for me, I know we're all different, but I love the creative side of it. I love coming up with what I want to say, how I want to say it, how I want to project. But implementing that in a system, that's not, you know, that's not from, that's what I need to back away from. And um, back. I think with a lot of business owners, it's the same. Yeah. You know, it's, they, they, they wear the marketing cap, they wear the, you know, they, they're doing the website, they're, you know, contacting the, you know, whoever to to launch an advert they're doing the accounts they're doing the um the shopping around and you know trying to get, negotiate prices and they're trying and it's like hang on hang on there's reasons why there's people in the industry that that have their own industries to do that because that's what they do that they enjoy doing that pay them to do it they'll do it five times quicker than you will and that money is basically buying your own time back anyway and i think that's probably the right way to look at it love it um so if this podcast has triggered someone that's listening what's the best way to find you hunt you down uh so um yeah it's rethinkdrink.co.uk and yeah without just to give a kind of ten thousand foot view of it it's not an abstinence-based program it's not about stopping drinking it's about bringing back control um, genuinely what I said earlier about this once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, um, is, is, is nonsense. We, you know, we work with clients every single day that, well, from somebody who's drinking three bottles of wine a week, which to me is not a problem, but to them, 
it was a problem. And, you know, they, they were constantly thinking about that three bottles of wine during the week to someone who's drinking three quarters of a litre of vodka a day, you know, having withdrawals and everyone in between um, we're working with. Um, and just to explain it, as I said earlier, it's not the alcohol that we're addicted to do, it's the way that alcohol makes us feel. Um, and what we do is uh, we work with a, a private doctor that issues um, uh, a prescription for a medication that uh, is an opioid uh, inhibitor. So it, it it blocks the effects of alcohol. And whilst working on a coaching program, again, just dialing in these small things like getting a good routine in place, uh, looking after your health, filling your own cup back up, you know, that kind of stuff. Um when we kind of combine that, the success rates are, are, are just, they're unlike any other alcohol reduction. Well, it's not reduction. Any any other alcohol program that you, you can do. It's, um, and it, it's very, very new to the UK. It's not, um, you know, it's, it's, it's part of Finland's healthcare system. It was all researched and developed in Finland. It's really starting to make traction in America. And yeah, as I say, Rethink Drink is kind of spearheading, bringing it, uh, into the UK. Brilliant. Any thoughts on that third person at this table? I'm I'm so interested in the the human brain and how things work. And again, it's that kind of logical thing of like you know, uh, and and wanting to know things and have that knowledge. And I think certainly now going into coaching, I would probably say someone like sitting down with Tony Robbins. You know, someone who's absolutely top of their game and yeah just just being able to pick his, his brain in terms of um how best to communicate with the you know the, with with the world really and um yeah well he was on my table so you'll have you'll have to come to my table first then come to yours afterwards uh we can all share a table can't we <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on the podcast matt it'd be a brilliant one this bit a little bit different to our norm but really enjoyed this thank you very much Hey, welcome. Thank you very much. Cheers for having me on. I really appreciate it. This podcast is run and produced by Cocktail & Co. To find out what we do, visit the website cocktailandco.co.uk or you'll find us on LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook.